Hello, 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 and welcome. Thank you for joining today. My name is Reverend Champion Fleming. I'm the Minister of Organizational Development at the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We are an inclusive learning center with a, with a practical spirituality. We're based in the Metro Vancouver mainland, British Columbia, Canada. We create sacred opportunities for personal empowerment and collective transformation through wholehearted experiences of universal truth and spirit. Wherever you are on your path, whether you're soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. As we begin our gathering today, I respectfully acknowledge that I am currently living and working on the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of the Anishinaabewaki and the Algonquin. We thank the First Nations people who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and all that is below. And let us anchor our time together right now in prayer. I invite you to let go of everything to silence your devices and to just be here with me now as I open this service. Uh, just becoming aware of the breath, knowing that this breath that breathes me, that breathes each of us, is the breath of the divine. And I'm giving thanks for the breath, the way that it connects us, the way that it happens through us, and the way that the divine shows up in and through and as us. And knowing that I'm knowing that each one of us today walks in beauty, walks in peace, walks in absolute abundance and prosperity, walks in the possibility of the life that we really would like to be seeing in our world, knowing that this is all possible through each breath, through each step. I give thanks for this gathering on Zoom. I give thanks for everyone who came together to make it possible. And lifting now our guest speaker, Reverend Savannah Riker, knowing that the peace, the power, the poise of the divine is her as she brings the word forward for us today. I give thanks and I just let it be. And so it is. Today, I'm pleased to announce that our speaker is singer songwriter, intuitive singer, Theta Phoenix. She creates transformational music and offers sound healings, which are a journey into spirit. She's passionate about living a love-centered life, the conscious evolution of humanity, and preserving our beautiful earth. She blesses us with her talent, often singing spontaneous songs 
inspired by the service. She expresses who we are in music. Please join me in welcoming Theta Phoenix. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I invite everyone to take a deep breath into the heart. Beautiful, Theta, thank you. Just resting in that, that vibration. And moving into my introduction, it's my pleasure to introduce our guest speaker today, Reverend Savannah Riker. Reverend Savannah Noel Riker has served as staff minister in spiritual communities since 2014. She started her spiritual path at age 16 in Denver, Colorado, and became a spiritual counselor in 2010, and is the youngest ordained minister in Centers for Spiritual Living. With an extensive background in youth leadership, global outreach, facilitation, and speaking, Savannah has served on a diverse array of councils and committees over 15 years 
and has spoken in at events in London, Vancouver, and Cairo. She completed her master's degree in consciousness studies while living in Egypt in 2012 during their revolution for eight months, pursuing her passion for global ministry. She has facilitated groups and events in many countries all over the world from the Middle East to Eastern Europe. Her online teaching and speaking platform known as Savannah Noel is her current passion and she is currently an assistant minister at Amazing Grace Spiritual Center. She continues to lead sacred spiritual retreats globally and is based in Seattle, Washington. Please join me in welcoming Reverend Savannah Riker. Thank you, everyone. Ah, thank you, Reverend Champion. So grateful to be on the call with you. We have a long history of knowing one another. And it's good to be back. I'm so happy. Can you believe? I think it's been uh, not quite a year, but it's been a minute since I've been with all of you. I had to realize that time was flying. And I'm honored. Uh, to be present this morning. I can't see you all, but I know you're there. I will feel your energy uh, as this amazing community. Thank you for setting the, the space and the energy of the singing bowls, that beautiful meditation. This is the kind of environment that I love to come into as a speaker because uh, it, it moves the energy in such a way that we can open our hearts and I can receive uh, the download for the message this morning. So the topic today is called the power of commitment. When we commit to something fully, everything unlike that shows up uh, for us to heal, for us to learn from, from uh, things that might need to shift in our lives, things that might want to be revealed to us. And sometimes we find that when we declare what we want to the universe, and when challenge and unforeseen obstacles show up before us, it is asking us that question. Are you really committed to that thing that you say that you want? Are you really committed? I wanted to use some of my own personal story and frame this talk uh, about my path of ministry uh, because sometimes I think there's value in our personal stories. And I also, hope and, uh, and trusting that this will be a guiding light for you all. For years, I had this vision in my mind uh, of where I wanted my life to go. I had this story that I created about how I would have this kind of life where I'd be in spiritual community, I'd have my own side ministry, and I'd have this business traveling the world. I would be leading retreats and reaching lots of people and folks in the world. I'd be doing TV and radio and podcasting and coaching. And this has been my vision for a really long time. And what took me uh, to Seattle here was the opportunity to be part of this collaborative ministry, which uh, some of you may know is kind of a rare model within our New Thought organization. And the options for years that I was given in ministry to pursue was to be a senior minister. They're like, 
You can be a senior minister in the pulpit or to create a teaching chapter. And people for years over my young life in this organization have said things to me like uh, Dr. Ken Gordon, who some of you know, or Dr. Roger Teal, who I grew up with in Mile High Church in Denver. They always encouraged me to start a church, to run a pulpit. And it always felt to me like something else was pulling me and that that would have been a lot of pressure. And so as, as time has gone by, I see that there's a new model that's happening in our organization on how we do church. And it's being created by ministers uh, in a, a lot of them in my generation. I'm actually not the youngest minister anymore ordained in our movement. I think that just happened recently. Um, and my dream of what I just outlined for you has been on every vision board that I have created uh, thus far. And yet my fear of how is this going to happen? The how uh, was, you know, how is this gonna come about? And because I had a lot of stuff in my life to work out, not fully, uh, I would say not fully integrated, uh, I stayed in confusion for many, many, many years. I stayed distracted by unhealthy relationships, jobs that would keep me in the rat race of the busyness, even stuff that I really didn't wanna be doing. And it kept me away from that vision that was pulling me. I still walked through the steps, but I was distracted. It was my confusion I found later that kept me from real commitment. A coach said to me a few years back, Savannah, your confusion is your lack of commitment to the thing that you say that you want. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this word commitment kept, kept coming forward. And I knew that I was being asked to take a bigger leap. More often than not, I think that we resist our good depending on what our stories are that we've told ourselves about our worthiness, our good, our deservedness. And then that's where that self-sabotage tends to come in where we resist the very thing that we say that we want. It's part of our uh, human evolution in becoming more conscious. And so when I made this decision to move to Seattle, I had to absolutely understand that my commitment to my path and my purpose was more important than my resistance. There was something deeper inside of me that knew that this was the decision that I had to make that would completely transform my life. The commitment to your purpose and your path must far outweigh your resistance. And for me, it has. I was in Oakland for about six years and uh, it was a, a scary move, but there was something within me that knew that I had to take the leap. And what it has done for me here is it has awakened a strength, a spiritual maturity, a coming into one's own, a deeper trust that I have for life. It got me out of a life that was no longer serving me in alignment with the vision. You know, the, the fascinating part of this is that Seattle has always been on the top three places I wanted to live. And the other two, believe it or not, was San Francisco, which I got pretty close with Oakland and Vancouver. There's irony in that, I think, the top three places that I've always wanted to live. And so with great change, as we know, comes great um, loss potentially, 
fear. It is a re-identification. There are new stories that must be created and new beginnings. And we know this with the, the huge uh, losses that we experienced last year in 2020. And so with that comes a natural shedding. It is a transition. And we are forced to keep the things that work and the things that we like and to then prepare our consciousness for the new, for the good, for the things that we want to appear. And we don't always get to know what that looks like yet. And that is where the rub is. That is where the trust walk is. That is where we get to activate that faith muscle, you know, and lean in. So many people in my life and my circle right now are experiencing a lot of unknown and a lot of uncertainty. And I know that this community will soon uh, be operating or is operating potentially in a lot of unknown. It's like this big void has now been created and people want to know, well, what's next? What's next? I have to admit that I'm also working in my own unknown because the decision was made recently by my spiritual community here in Seattle to end my contract as assistant minister uh, at the end of December, because uh, with COVID and with everything else, money was impacting our budget and they have not been able to uh, keep me because of that. And, you know, it, it's disguised um, because I know there's a gift there. And I know that there's a reason that all of this is happening uh, in this way. And so it means that I have to really practice staying committed to my vision and to this greater unvision that is unfolding no matter what. And that is also what this community gets to do is to really practice staying committed to what is the greater vision for this community? What is, what is pulling this community forward? It pushes me to uh, actually look at all of those vision boards that are calling me to up level in my life, that are calling me to commit to a greater idea of my purpose expressing in the world. And you might even have this experience happening with you right now on a personal level in your own life. Like life is calling you to up level, to be something greater. And so often um, we just don't commit. There's that, that word commitment, which can give the universe mixed messages uh, almost. And it means that we might not be all in. So as you're in the midst of uh, your own changes and the unknowns in your life, you might actually feel this resistance that's happening as things start to develop and shift, an array of emotions. And as a community, as you're going through this um, great transition and change, the thing that I love about our teaching is that we get to choose to go through this process of transition with joy and hope and excitement and, and curiosity. If you can't get to uh, excitement, if you can get to a willingness to be curious, or you can stay in resistance and a resistance to the void, which we know uh, through experience that there are, uh, there are seasons to life, that, th that there is a season to everything. And you cannot be in resistance and in flow at the same time. So, so it's about what Abraham Hicks talks about when you're going in, into the downward stream, the downward stream, not swimming upward. 
It's the, uh, what they call the art of allowing. So everything that you want in your life is downstream. It is in the flow and it's the practice of releasing your resistance and allowing that energy that creates uh, new worlds and new opportunities and new possibilities through us. Why? Because we are eternal beings. We are connected to that infinite life and that presence and that love and that power. And we get to create from that. So if you were to think of the metaphor, if you're paddling a canoe in a fast moving river and you start trying to paddle hard against the current, it starts to become really difficult, right? It becomes, it's harder to paddle. So why not turn and go with the current, with the flow? Most humans uh, might say, well, that never entered my mind. <laughs> I didn't think about that because we get into this rut, right, of resistance and pushing against. And the, the truth is, is that nothing that we want is upstream. It is downstream. And so we get to just let go of the oars. We get to surrender and then allow the stream to turn us. Allow the stream to turn you. One of my favorite quotes uh, by Dr. Michael Beckwith is, the pain of your transformation is in equal proportion to your resistance to life. The pain of your transformation is in equal proportion to your resistance to life. Usually I find that resistance and self-sabotage go together because one is a byproduct of the other. And so we resist and therefore we sabotage. We resist the thing that uh, we really want and we sabotage which, which kind of uh, perpetuates this smallness of keeping us safe. Self-sabotage is just our human way of coping, of fighting, of uh, preventing our own freedom and our own liberation. I have to say uh, the story of how I got to the Bay Area uh, was an interesting one. It was actually quite easy. It was back in 2015 and I had just gone through this horrible breakup. It was, it was devastating across the world in the Middle East. And I had just finished uh, my ministerial panels and schooling and I was depressed and I had moved back into my mother's basement. And you know, it's like, I'm at 30 years old. How can I be living with my parents again? And I had no idea what was next because I had it mapped out. I had the whole plan in mind of what was going to happen in Egypt, right? I had the whole thing. And as a gift to myself for finishing school, I had already booked a flight to the Bay Area, to Oakland, to see some of my young adult launching pad community, which is a, used to be a young adult spiritual community in this awesome big communal house that we had in Berkeley. And it was run, it was, uh, run by Reverend Linda Rapond in our organization. And I remember when I arrived, she said to me, uh, you know, a room just opened up in our house. Uh, would you like to move in? And I said very boldly, no, there is no way I'm going to move in with all of these young, young ones. Like I've already done college. I'm not interested. And uh, it was hilarious because I actually ended up doing it and taking the room anyway. And when I made the decision and I committed to it, I got to Oakland, uh, packed up my car, drove cross country. I moved in with no job, <laughs> no church, and I had very little money in my bank account. 
And it was fascinating because things started to fall into place. I got a letter of call at Oakland Center for Spiritual Living. It's like uh, the divine had its hands on every single aspect of this. Reverend Jeff Anderson met up with me. He invited me to be a minister there and to be part of the community. And slowly but surely, I started uh, getting work and had a job. And then the rest was history. There were lots of ups and downs. There were lots of twists and turns. There was lots of growth and integration that had to happen. And then life said, you know what? It's time to grow and it's time to up-level again. You need to leave. But it doesn't stop there. The story of how I got to Seattle was even more incredible and magical. It was nothing short of this powerful, uh, magical seed that I know I had planted for many years. And it was a seed that needed just the right amount of nurturing and water and just enough of me becoming so integrated in who I am, more emotionally and spiritually mature. A seed that needed my full bodied yes to grow. And so my choice to leave Oakland and leap into this greater expansiveness of my ministry, thankfully, it was a choice and a commitment. It was not sabotage. There was absolutely no confusion within me. There was no resistance. There was one brief moment right before when I was here interviewing and I asked the universe, I said, okay, universe, I need a sign. I need a huge neon sign. I was very specific. And I need to know that I'm making the best and right decision for myself right now because I'm leaving all of this, all my friends and all of this, you know, behind. And sure enough, I was staying in the W Hotel in my arrival of December of 2019. And as I checked in, I turned the corner and looked up at the elevator as I started to go up and literally on the wall in a bright neon sign said, you're in the right place. And I, I was dumbfounded. I was laughing, I was giddy, I was smiling. I took photos of it. I took a video and said, I have to remember this moment because I know it's like uh, the universe responded. And so my move to Seattle was similar in its ease and its flow. People in the community gave me a place to land until I found an apartment. They unloaded my car after two days of driving. They brought me toilet paper, the things we don't remember, you know, when we just landed at a new place. They brought me food. Reverend Eric, the senior minister here, helped me get my furniture and decorate and everything fell into place. And then COVID hit two weeks later and my whole apartment was totally furnished. Thank goodness, right? <laughs> there was no confusion on my part. There was, of course, fear. There was the unknown. There was a new beginning and a new chapter. It was a curiosity. And every single step of the way, I had to remind myself, Savannah, you have not been brought this far to just fall on your face. The God that is guiding your life did not bring you this far for you to just fail. You did not get here by accident. And neither did all of you here. Neither did this community and how it has all come about. It is all perfect. And that is what I want you to know today. It is all perfect. The time Reverend Cassandra has been here has been completely perfect. Just like the time I have been in my community has been completely perfect. I helped them get onto live stream, which they say now they may have completely fallen apart had they not figured out the technology piece, right? Never could I have predicted 
how my time would have been used here, the perfection of getting that live streaming going, um, you know, learning a lot about change and grief, you know, dealing with personalities and not always showing up in my community the way that I wanted. We learned some of this stuff on the job, you know, wanting uh, people to like me and doubting myself and wondering, am I, am I uh, being a good minister here? Is this, the, is this a, a good thing that I'm doing? Managing my own energy and learning how to do that. You know, I, I didn't know how it was all going to come together. And the life skills that we learn by being on Zoom and being in front of a camera, the village, and this community has had to come together in ways that you all know have been unforeseen. And so you have the opportunity right now to relish in the many ways that you have all come through this storm, how you may have come through this storm on a personal level, how perfect it all was for the time period that it was. It leaves a new story that is wanting to be inhabited by us. And it's a, a new story that wants to be inhabited through you. And it's going to happen for those of you who have the grit and the curiosity and the courage and the determination and the commitment to carry this through. When we choose to inhabit a story, then what happens is the story begins to inhabit us. When we build a bigger story and we envision a bigger story, then we activate all of the pieces that are necessary that come with that story. And so the patterns that we think about in terms of stories has existed for generations, for thousands of years. These stories then start to come alive in our lives. So when we look at our work and community and in our personal unfolding, what is the story that you are willing to tell? What is the legacy? What is the energy of it all that we get to tell? If, if you are living in a great story of your life, then your work and your imagination is the part of that greater story arc that Joseph Campbell always talks about, the heroine, the hero's journey, that we are the character in. So there is an impact. There is something that is calling us, and there is a legacy that we want to offer and that we want to alter. And so we have to then step into a big enough story about what we're doing here. What are we doing here in spiritual community? It's that living in kingdom three consciousness where we understand that, is li that life is happening through us and as us. And it is about finding a story that we can inhabit and then allowing that story to come alive in our lives, to, to be become part of the feedback loop of the great story arc. And in that story arc, the thing that, that it always starts with, that, that Joseph Campbell invites us to, is it always starts with a call. Always. There is something that called you into this spiritual community at this time with these characters that called you into this space. That is the call that we answered when we said yes. And so I want to recognize that each one of us here has something to offer. Each one of us has something to offer this community and the world. And if we want to create that world that works for all people, then we get to find and we have to find our piece of the puzzle, our piece of uh, the bigger vision. I want you to know that this, this community is a signature 
it is a signature of a deeper calling, of a deeper vision. There is something more that is calling us. And this is, is just the way that things are in this moment. And yet they are ready to shift and to change. And, and what I see in my own life is that sometimes you have to get to the top of the hill to know that you made it, to see that there is something next. And I'm at the top of that hill right now looking out and I'm like, okay, I made it this far. And there is something undetermined to me that is, has not appeared into my life yet of what my next iteration is. And it's the same for all of you here. You are at the top of the hill looking out over the horizon and you've made it. It's like, okay, what is next? What is before us? The question that I leave you with is this. Can I commit to something greater for my life? Can I see all of the stuff that's happening in my world and around me, that it is happening truly for my good, that there is good here unfolding, regardless of the appearance? You know, I'm still processing the ending that is coming for my position here in the next few months, and I'm sad and I'm disappointed by much of it. However, I'm realizing that life is calling me to commit to something greater. It's that up-leveling that I just told you about from each iteration of who we are becoming. It's me needing to fully inhabit a new story. It's a story that I've been telling for a really long time. What is the story that you want to inhabit next? Is your commitment to your call, to the call, to this community greater than your resistance? Sit with that, ponder that, think on that. And that is what I uh, leave you with today. And so let us just go into a closing prayer now. Just taking that deep holy breath in. And letting go. Giving th thanks for that power and that presence and that life. That infinite intelligence that is guiding and directing every act, every thought. Every movement that is happening here and now in the world of effect and in our own individual and personal lives. And so what I know here and now is that there is something that is percolating within each and every one of us that we were called here in a divine and most profound way to listen to that deeper inner nudge, that inner call of what it is that wants to be known and revealed to us of what we are becoming, of that new story that we are being asked to inhabit for the evolution of our, our consciousness and for the evolution of this incredible community. And so letting go of our resistance, letting go of our fears, letting go of our worry, letting go of any angst or anxiety about how it's all going to happen and unfold, we trust that there is a higher plan that is being revealed to us now, that there is the perfect void that we get to walk into of creative possibility, of this infinity of possibilities and resources and people and excitement and joy that there is a curiosity that is percolating as we navigate uncharted and new territory. And so we trust, we deeply trust that everything is truly working together for good in our lives and whatever area of life that we might be struggling with. 
we surrender it over. We let go. We just surrender it over to the divine, knowing that all is truly transformed. It is transmuted. It is healed. It is absolutely already known in the mind of God. And so we just let it be so. I release this word into the activation of love itself. And I know that all is truly well. And so together with thanksgiving in our hearts, let us say, Ashe. And so it is. Amen. And so this community participates in gracious giving. We are a community that creates sacred opportunities for personal empowerment and collective transformation through wholehearted experiences of truth and spirit. And so if you were inspired by today's music or Reverend Savannah's message, if you've been touched by uh, our weekly and monthly programs, or if you've uh, loved that Diane has been holding space in the park for in-person gathering, we would gratefully, we will gratefully receive your gift, tithe, or offering today. You can donate through the website. You can mail a check, send an e-transfer. Gifts of all sizes are helpful. And your contributions make this community possible. Thank you so much for being in the circulation of giving and receiving. We know what we send out comes back to us. And so join me in declaring our prosperity affirmation for today. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is.